Good evening and welcome to Gillen Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. Um, I, as ever, I'm your, your host, your host of the most, uh, the host of the least, um, except for when it comes to fat, um, Roscoe Harold Vacant. I'm joined, as ever, by my dear, esteemed colleague and also is political commentator um, <laughs> Gil Rokitansky. You made it restart we did it. I said a political thing and you were like, you, well, you can't do that. You started to make an impassioned speech for independence. It wasn't an Rise up. It wasn't an impassioned Unite! Independence. It was, <laughs> it was, ladies and gentlemen, it was actually like Ken that bit and Charlie Chaplin, the great dictator. Well, it, was, <laughs> it was like better than that. <laughs> Would it be better silent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, Gil, it's been a busy week for both of us. It has, yeah. I've, I've been things. Uh, I've been in the Shire visiting my Shire. visiting my Hobbit-like family. <laughs> quite a few of them are quite short, and a couple of them were kids, so I suppose they kind of came. They, they came. Yeah. Yeah, it was that was awesome. I had, you I had kind meatballs. of look, look a bit like Gandalf as well, so you could like go and. How do I Gandalf? I've got I a think, tiny beard at the moment. I think if you wore one of those like uh, what do you call them snuggies? What do you call them? I've, I've got a slanket. Yeah, slanket. I think if you wore a slanket and you went to the, some kids out in the estate and told them that they. You keep saying the estate. What? <laughs> I don't live in an estate. No, I mean in Irvine. I don't right. know whether it's an estate or not. Alright, uh, that's Goddle Toll. So Which I think sounds like like a new ta- sort of tax for fat people. <laughs> so I'm getting the Goddle Toll. That's it. Um, yeah, uh, so I think if you went to those children and said to them that they must go on an epic quest. Um, I said them on an epic quest. I said, you know? go upstairs and just do your own thing. Right. There we go. You see, you're missing opportunities, man. You could have sent them to. Could have sent them Mordor. to. Mordor. <laughs> I was thinking Eglinton Park. <laughs> Eglinton Park's pretty much like Mordor. Go to Eglinton Park. Everything's bring back fun. a dog refuse bag. <laughs> They're up on little, little posts all over the place there. Yes. I really like that, that you go around with a dog and they've got little, little bags that help you pick up poo. Absolutely. Absolutely. But they don't like it if you're picking up your own poo. <laughs> Actually, the, the toilets are miles away. <laughs> You've got these little bags here. What's the exactly. fucking problem? What is the problem? See, do you know what it is? Discrimination. If that was a it woman... Is. <laughs> anyway, anyway. How's your week been? It's okay, aye. It's, it's okay, I give two out of five. Um, what, what accent was that? <laughs> I don't know. It's the worst Welsh accent I've ever heard. It was a little bit racist. Um, that's, that's what? That's my Welsh! That's my Welsh accent! No, it's just every time anybody does a bad accent I just say that's 
Yeah. We've, actually, we've actually got uh, a lovely Welshman coming on to the show soon, uh, Thomas Hughes. <laughs> so we've been discussing, uh, he's going to be coming on to discuss some Vidger games with us. But Gil, you've... Vidger games! Quite excitingly, you have, have been doing some behind-the-scenes... Uh, oh, yeah. Are, are we going to tell people I that? I think we should, yeah, yeah, because it's quite a big deal. Um, you've been, due to the fact that you never sleep... Um, and that you dress as Gandalf and tell children to go and collect dog poo bags from Eglinton Park. Oh, wait a minute, quick. Just uh, feel my pocket. No! This is not a euphemism. Feel my pocket. Oh, it's very firm. It is very firm. <laughs> Do you know what? I was, I was given a, a caramel egg. Oh! And I put it in that pocket. Uh-huh. Like, like uh, people at home, combat trousers type style. It's the pocket on the leg. Thinking it won't melt in there. Yeah. <laughs> and it melted. And now it just feels like I'm carrying about a big bit of cardboard. Oh man, that's annoying. I have no idea how I'm going to get over this. Uh, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Well, yeah, just to go uh, no sleeping and forming bizarre friendships on Twitter. Um, the kind of thing a sociopath would do, actually. But um, you have... Managed to get us a exclusive interview. Well, it's not just an interview. He's coming to. He's coming to join the, join the show. Podcast for join the show for one episode for only. Yeah. Um, the magnificent broadcaster and comedian and podcaster and podcaster with with Josie Long, Robin Ince. So yeah. Robin Ince is going to be on. Uh, the Deixious Horror Podcast, which is the most bizarre thing that yeah. has ever happened. Well, his other podcast is called Utter Shambles, so I think so maybe that's I think what we're, I think we to. are going to outdo him in the Utter Shambles. Yeah. So, and interestingly, fantastically, we are recording from this, the Stand Comedy Club in Glasgow, the legendary Stand uh, yeah. Comedy Club. Not there. on the stage. Now, the last, time, the last time Gil was there, or the last time Gil was recording something there, was uh, when oh. Stuart Lee was recording his live video and you can hear Gil, Gil's laughing. epic voice laughing away in the background. And you know that kind of ruined it for me because it, <laughs> it just made me think about you and I, I don't want to. Does it not make it feel better for it you? It feels like a, Do you know what it feels like? Like what with me being your only friend in the entire yeah, world. Yeah, well that's true. And you were watching a DVD it feels like, on your own. It feels like home. not feel like you were it feels there. feels like home. Yeah. You know, I, I was sitting beside you. Yeah. You know, you and your wee bachelor pads yeah. sitting there <laughs> crying and masturbating into a sock. Oh man. Going, I can hear him and he can't see me. Is it like that? That's startlingly close to the truth. Yeah. It's incredibly close to the truth. Because you were telling me you had a really erotic dream about me. <laughs> what? I love the fact that see if they ever want to bring back wacky races. Uh huh. They just have to get me to say disgusting things to you and you then just I do a motley thing. Yeah. So that's that's cool. So I had an erotic dream about you, did I? Oh no, I had a dream that you had an erotic dream about me. Alright, oh, okay. Well that's good. Maybe I was having an erotic dream about me. I don't think. <laughs> well, Just think using you Yeah, that's that. Um, okay, so have you managed to watch anything interesting this week? Or... No. No? Yeah. <laughs> of course you have! I'm not sure with it, Punch. I've, uh, I've actually uh, started uh, 
kind of relaxing my viewing. I watched Comic Relief because I was waiting to see like when the comedy would start. Uh huh. And I, there wasn't much. I mean, it's That's, a really good cause, and I have given yeah. money to it, but. Uh, it would be nice once in a while if they would put something on it that actually appealed to me. Yeah. Although I, I fucking, <laughs> you know, I'm not a big Michael McIntyre fan. I really, really liked the hour when Michael McIntyre was hosting because every time they were about to cut to a VT of some horrible, horrible scenes of just hideous devastation and the sort of lives that we want to vastly improve. Michael McIntyre still introduces those VTs with his little smirk and chuckle. <laughs> and you're like, wait, fucking perspective, Michael McIntyre. Yeah. I want those presenters get quite a lot of money for doing children in the, uh, or comic relief and all that kind of thing Do they? as well. Yeah, supposedly. Supposedly. I don't know how true that is, but I saw a thing. I, don't I, I saw a thing that the, the director of comic relief gets 250,000. Jingle bells. But. To be fair, he uh, does organise a very, yeah, very so you, good yeah. cause. And the fact is, if you donate to most charities, there's, there's the chance that you're paying quite a high amount in admin, admin anyway. So, you know, there's there's yeah. one charity that I won't name. The, their admin is supposedly up to 70%. There you go. If you're donating a small amount. Yeah. So, you know, with charities, always be careful about what you do. And actually, if you're really, really bored, you can go onto my website and read my blog about cancer charities. There you go. And just how many there are now. And you know, another worthwhile cause that you oh, might want to donate to We just to had a tweet from Robin Ince, which cat people or both, because that's one of the oh, problems. Oh, there we go. So, cool. doing, uh, um, so, yeah, we're planning to watch with Robin Ince... Um, the Baby. The Baby. Um, which, which I had never seen. So our dear friends at Develop Podcast uh, reviewed that a wee while ago, um, which led uh, our dear friend Jamie Jenkins to note that uh, a guy having a cot in his <laughs> bedroom would not be a deal breaker. So, <laughs> top marks. But that's, that's just Jamie you know, Jenkins. I, I, I respect that. I think that's awesome. So yeah, Robin is going to be in the show and we're going to be... I don't think I've heard that review. Uh, yeah, so it's up there. When um, was, what one was that? Yeah, this was maybe in November last year, October, November last year, something like that. How did I miss that one? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, I won't listen to it before hours. Yeah. Because uh, I don't want to Pre- um, like, yeah. preempt my yeah. own... Ideas about it. Go into it fresh. Go in dry. Yes. It's the best way. Brace yourself. I'm coming in dry. Yes, absolutely. Um, And hopefully we're going to see uh, Maniac. Hopefully on Wednesday. Wednesday. That's the city world. So how much is that again? Uh, About £147. (laughs) ridiculous and then they say oh it's a special offer you can get it for eight pounds instead of nine pounds entry <laughs> came up with me what's so fucking special about that clay bank three pound 25 yeah. but they're not showing it exactly but um yeah so maniac is obviously out here i think five months or well sorry four months early which is four pretty, months before pretty pretty early, which is mental yep um, so we're going to give you a full uh, rundown on that one. And spoilers. Yeah, completely spoilers. No. Yeah. No spoilers. We need to... I'm going to spoil it already. I'm going to put a Frodo, muzzle on you. Frodo Baggins is the killer. <laughs> yep. That's 
Yeah, I mean the first six minutes was absolutely excellent. Yeah, the, the six minute excerpt that was the put up. I might turn that late and see if I can get a discount then. <laughs> Very good. Um, okay. can, I, can I get him for seven fifty, so, please? So, Gil, what what else have you watched apart from comic relief? Uh, actually, not entirely sure. Let me just uh, pull up <laughs> my trousers. <Woo! laughs> uh, well, I've I've been doing some uh, prep for our movie night on the 30th. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I did test out the technology by watching uh, Brain Dead. Uh-huh. On that. The movie night actually, after the look at some of the stuff you've been doing, Gal, it's actually fantastic. You've seen the bits that nobody Yeah, I think it's going to be yet. really, it's really good. You've done some great editing and it's it's <laughs> going to be a really, really cool experience. So It's, it's made to look like a proper yeah, night it, at the cinema. It really, We're not just seeing what shit on YouTube. It feels like that and I'm, I'm usually no one to encourage your mad flights <laughs> of fancy. Um, if anything, I tolerate them. Um, but yeah, this is it's really cool and it's really shaping up to be a good night. So that's um, that's so Brain Dead will be one of the films. Yes, that's for the thirtieth. Yep, and it's running twice. It, no, it's it's it seems that uh, I asked the Americans uh-huh. what they the thought. Americans. Well, yes. I sent a diplomat to, <laughs> <laughs> to speak with the Americans. I said, Mr. Obama, can you tell me at what time of day most what of your population would like to sit and watch some horror films with me? And he said, Well, they'll be fine just like tuning in on a Saturday afternoon. So that's a stunning be, impression. Yeah, well done. He's not Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, eight you know, PM, I think around the <laughs> eight p.m. GMT. So uh-huh. I think that's uh, going to be around about two p.m. for most. Okay. Most of our listeners. Okay. That's uh, whatever their time zone is. They can yeah. check it sure, out. Sure. Yeah. Worldclock.com or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah, that that should be fun. We haven't. Picked a second film yet though. Yeah, we can do that. Maybe, because uh, I'm not sure if we should, because Brain Dead's quite funny, mm-hmm. if we should stick with something that's funny and entertaining, mm-hmm. or go with something that is funny because it's bad, yeah. or something that's actually frightening. But I do kind of. I, I quite like the idea of. Uh, Brain Dead and Return of the Living Dead. Ah, fantastic! Back back. Yeah, absolutely. That would, I think, That'd that would be, be great. Good. So, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Nah, fuck it. We'll we'll make it those two. Okay. Brain Dead and Return of the Living Dead, yep. but not necessarily in that order. Yep. So that's Saturday the thirtieth of Sa- March. Saturday the thirtieth of March. Where are you going to watch? Are you going to come round here to watch? I'll be in the pre- I'll be on premises. I'll be on <laughs> on campus. We're going to be like so overloading the internet. Yeah. In but uh, that'll work out fine because I can use the old laptop for doing the the chat room thing. Uh-huh. You can do your WeChat room. I'll do it on the IRC. Well. IRC. And I, I internet and the, relay chat. And the the new. Uh, Laptop can get plugged into the yep. TV through the HDMI, so we can watch it on a yeah. big screen. I'll be giving out my AIM ID and <laughs> my, my open eye, uh, what's the other one? Uh, yeah. is, it, is, it, is it AIM? A- oh, your... Uh, uh, my, my Yahoo. Yeah. Yes, Yahoo Messenger. That's uh, AOL <laughs> Instant Messenger. <laughs> mine, is, mine is your Moz. Is it? Yep. I don't think those things exist anymore. No, they do still. ICQ, this. I'll give you my ICQ number. <laughs> okay. Messenger doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I know. got rid of Messenger. So, which is uh, fine by me. Yep. 
So oh well, Robbie then says that he's seen Cavio many times, so I think he, he wouldn't need to. There we go. So live to and unleashed. Up. That, that'll um, be that'll be good. Live and unleashed appearance <laughs> of Robin Ince there. We said cat and the the fish in the fish tank that desperately needs cleaned out. There you go. <laughs> when what? Do you still feed it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's seen the dead. No, it's it's a. It's pl- just sleeping, right? It's a placostomus. Okay. They don't really they don't do much. Yeah. The thing is, when I bought that fish, it was tiny, it right. was like an inch and a half long, and it was just in there to like, kind of clean the tank uh-huh. for the other fish, and they all died. Oh, well, there you go. And so, you can see the funeral of one of those fish on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and was there was there any other movies that you saw this week, or did you not really get uh, a chance? I watched, what did I, oh, Fifth Element. I watched The Fifth Element uh-huh. with my mother. Yeah. That's that's always fun yep. to watch, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that Mila Jovovich is lovely, and mm-hmm. my mum said that she's not all that. Aye, that's that she's, was the, the opinion that was expressed in the Vowel, the podcast this week as well. They were they were reviewing uh, Resident Evil movies at one point. Ah, uh, see, um, I've I've been too busy. Yeah, this absolutely. weekend for catching yeah. up on podcasts. So yeah, although uh, I think she's I think she looks great. I, I think she's uh, exactly. lovely, lovely, lovely. That's the thing. I, I love it when people like say, "Oh, she's totally ugly and stuff." But if that person was to even look at you, be high fiving strangers on the night bus, <laughs> dancing home, kebab in hand. Although, actually, uh, speaking of my mother, last night she gave some interesting views on uh, UK comedian Miranda. All right. Okay. Which what was, what I, were the which views? I, which I uh, tweeted. Right. Is that is that why you're looking at the computer rather yeah. than engaging with the My, my mother just said, actually, uh, she also said that the day I was born, my father turned up wearing uh, a Miranda a shirt t-shirt. open and a medallion. Oh, right. Because that would have been better if he'd turned and up <laughs> wearing a t-shirt for a comedian who was not born yet and <laughs> but, who wasn't famous or that would be amazing. But then she said, my thought when I saw that was, you're a father, control yourself. Ah. <laughs> it was like, I've known my father my entire life. I can't imagine him wearing a medallion of any sort. But uh, Is your dad Cosmo Kramer? <laughs> <laughs> what, what my mother said about Miranda was that she wanted to get a pigeon in a slingshot and fire it at her. <laughs> I think that's really the only way that you can deal with Which is Miranda actually, Hart. that's actually funnier than anything that I've Miranda seen Miranda has said. Who gave Lee Mark a fucking sitcom? I actually don't mind that sitcom. Oh. I don't oh. mind it, but uh, Miranda Hart appeared in that. Yeah, like. yeah. But, uh, Crossover. My mother also said, where did she sprout from? From, she's a six foot midget. Just six foot <laughs> Which makes no sense. No, though. that makes quite a lot of sense if you've seen Miranda Hart. <laughs> she also said she's never seen the programme, just seen bits of it, but seriously, I'd punch her. There you go. My mum's not violent at all. Robin Ince isn't friends with Miranda Hart, is he? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Come on, oh, Friday. Yeah. Oh, God. So maybe she's part you of know, that kind of, clean, entitled, kind of socialist comedians. Everybody's entitled to opinions on things. Oh, my, right. my mother just uh, finds Miranda Hart quite off-putting. Yeah. So there we go. My mother finds a lot of things off-putting though. <laughs> One of those things is me. 
But what have you watched? Because you've had a chilled out weekend. Yeah, I've had a, a kind of wee chilled out weekend. I didn't get into work on Saturday. I just kind of chilled rather than... Uh, yeah, I just got to tell you like Craig David song. Yeah. I took her for a drink on Monday. Who? Uh, Who is this hottie? <laughs> Um, yeah, I saw the colourised version of Last Man on Earth. Yep, you were telling me that last week, and I've never seen it colourised. Yeah, it's okay. It's, um, there's bits of it where it's great, and where, like, where it's... Um, but the cityscapes colourised are great. It's, it's nice yep. to have that kind of vibe. Um, but it's not really necessary, to be honest. It's the kind, I, I it's the kind the of thing. Works it works really well as well as and and it's, it's kind of, it's a really, really nice print. Um, Who cares what colour wine he's drinking? Yeah, well, he can see that it's dark. Yeah, and most of most of it is very, very light touch colouring. Um, I used to watch snooker on a black and white TV and yeah. not get lost. Yep, exactly, exactly. But, yeah, it's as with it is, and I've I've also I've got the Plan Nine colorized version of where it's about. Which I've I've got that that one as well. Sure. Poundland. Really. Yep. Oh. Really. Really. Ah, oh, didn't it? Mine is mine is autographed Mike Nelson, and definitely know it. Poundland. <laughs> um. So yeah. I'm pretty sure that it's colourised. Uh -huh. I haven't actually watched mine, it yet. Mine is, uh -huh. mine is colourised. And it's kind of more, because there's more garish colours on that and you've got that more yeah. free reign with a film like that to do those kind of things, it's a bit more fun. But again, it's it's kind of, a lot of these things are quite unnecessary. I don't think um, I've ever seen Plan 9 Black and White. Really? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's, uh, that's the, the way that I've originally saw it was, was black and white. Because you like to watch things as the director intended. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> and you keep them. saying to me. No, that's that's my criticism of you. Which uh, remind, <laughs> remind me uh, to to give you uh, a DVD uh -huh. later on. Because right. I, I will show you a fan edit of it. You go, oh yeah, fan edits can work. Yeah. I don't, I don't disbelieve you. I'm just being, just being daft. I did want it to be for the horror night, but uh, right. I uploaded it to YouTube and what they, is they immediately blocked it. Was it Jaws? Jaws, the shark exploitation. Ah, right, okay, cool. YouTube are really good. They could tell me like all the things that the guy had edited in, and I didn't even notice that he'd used footage from Atlantis. Wow, there you go. I was just enjoying watching the film, but when uh -huh. you uploaded it to YouTube. Uh -huh. So if, if you've got a fan edit and you're wondering, what's that song? <laughs> just upload it to YouTube. <laughs> And they can tell you where all the well, copyright comes up with all the copyright infringements. Yep. You go like, oh, so it's that. <laughs> That's cool. Because um, I wanted us to have that for the thing. I thought that would be a lot of fun. Yep. And then that didn't work on YouTube. Couldn't upload it to Daily Motion because it was longer than an hour. So I cut it in half, mm -hmm. uploaded it to Daily Motion, and they also immediately blocked ah, it. See. So yeah, um, after after I watched that, I moved on to watching the Seinfeld. I've watched a lot of Seinfeld once again, but um, yeah, uh, I watched Flying Saucers Over Hollywood. The uh, it's the Plan Nine Companion. All right. Um, so it's a two-hour-long documentary speaking to the key people and uh, Edward's crew. Is that on the, crew. on the DVD? It's on YouTube. Um, it's on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm watching tonight. So it's not actually. It, it's only it was only on some of the 
uh, some releases, mm-hmm. um, and it's not the one that the the really expensive one that I've There's a, a twenty minute documentary with Ted Post about the baby that I've been desperately trying to find. Right, right, and you can't get a hold of can't it. Can't get a hold of it, sadly. Ah, yeah. So that um, anyway, this is get Paul Marco, uh, Conrad Brooks, Vampira. Sam you Raimi. love Conrad Brooks. Yeah, it's great. It's really. Well, good. we put your song on at the end again. Tonight. Nah, you're right. Um, but this has got a really nice segment where Conrad Brooks, Brooks takes them around the sound stage where yeah. they made Plan Nine. So it's really, really cool. Going, they're, they're not making it here today. <laughs> it's a different film. <laughs> yeah, I always find it weird when they go, like, and we're standing on the sound stage uh-huh. where we filmed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen big empty rooms uh-huh. before. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the guy's gonna. I think the, the owner was planning something to swap meet. So. Oh, you see, we don't we don't really get them here. Yeah, I went to some swap beats in America. They ah, were fun. There we go. You go there and you buy second hand shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I've always found that's the best kind of shoes <laughs> yeah, in my experience. They, they obviously have worked for somebody. <laughs> you know, you don't want to buy a pair of shoes, get them home, find out that they're false. Exactly, exactly. You know, because what you're going to wear to take them back. What if you like get home, you're quite, you bend your you're shoes, you put on your new ones and you go, these don't work. Do you know, I kind of fault your logic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I watched that and then I also watched um, After Paul Nens. Which I told you about ages ago. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, I wasn't sure who, who told me about it. That was um, me. Yeah, on yeah. That's obviously that. I was just about to say that I don't remember who'd said. But yeah, um, I watched After Paul Nens. And it's, it's really interesting. I think we could have went... They could have maybe went a bit... A bit more in-depth. I think they, they went with a lot of people whose stories were... Not so awesome. Well, they could have went with people whose stories were a lot lost. I mean, there's there's a lot of people who, whose lives yeah, have been seriously... But that's just whether or not they want to... Film and it's trying to... Yeah, yeah absolutely. Trying to... <laughs> they could have gone, people whose lives are a lot worse. You've got, like, the interviews with the sister of the dead woman who before she died was saying that basically her entire porn career was just a history of rape that was put on film uh-huh. or the woman who uh, has moved to the only state in America where porn is illegal to stop so, herself so that yeah. she isn't recognised yeah. and, and her husband died, died on the way to a porn thing yeah they could have found worse stories than them I, I do genuinely think they could have I mean there's a lot well, they, they could have but that would not have been enjoyable to watch. I know, I know. I just don't think they struck the balance correctly with it. Mm. They had a bit too much of the kind of, um, the, the kind of more positive stories. The happy and, outcomes. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's, I think there's a, they could, they could, they could have certainly done a lot more in, in that regard. But I understand what you're saying. It was, it was pretty doer, but I think, I think there's a lot, a lot of people who, whose lives have been seriously fucked up. But they're not the sort of people that you would really be able to properly interview. You're probably that's, quite correct. That's the problem. Yep. And, and would they even want to be interviewed about it? Yeah, absolutely. So, so absolutely. I, I think that... Even Class and Newcomb High, the trauma film, the girl from that, she... She, she disappeared? Yeah, she went missing yeah. and things like that. So it's, uh, crack's a terrible thing, isn't it? It's, uh, Was that crack? I, I think so, I think so. Yeah. I like the way you went from the, porn to crack. The, the state over was. <laughs> oh, there was a load of them on crack. How did your mind one. work, man? No, I know, but porn, the, crack. Yeah. No, but on the on the after porn ends, there was a lot of people saying about about, about the drugs that were going about. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So yeah. So fun. And weekend. of course, it's an interesting year for porn now that uh, 
there's been a law passed that they all have to to wear condoms and people have been saying but what if we're making a, a porn film that's like set in the 16th century won't that shatter the illusion <laughs> you know <laughs> oh yeah I, I think maybe a 17-way gang bang <laughs> featuring like kings and queens and stuff yeah might just you know that that might take you out of the reality <laughs> of the moment so yeah um, and this week we also got our shit together to send out our prizes. Well, almost. <laughs> we haven't done it yet. Haven't quite done it yet. Um, our prizes to uh, the winners of the American Mary competition. Um, yes. So <laughs> we're going to be sending those out um, immediately. Yep. They they will be uh, sent out tomorrow. Yeah. In the post tomorrow. Yep. So congratulations. So, and we won't know who won because we just don't know. We're putting the addresses on the envelopes no. after the envelopes have been sealed and mixed up, so, uh, so, uh... As my hero Toya once sang, it's a mystery. It is. To me. She played the classic red not that long ago. Did she? Yep. Do you know who supported her? Who? Uh, who? Christy Connor Verno. Who's rather excellent. She's a friend, I thought you'd seen her. No? No. She's very good. She's uh, Glasgow Troon-based blues artist. Glasgow Troon? Yeah, she's very good. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll check her out then. Yeah, you should. But yeah, we should do a wee advert thing. Yeah, and, and then we can come back and talk about some stupid fucking films. <laughs> take a journey with the Phantom Eric as he explores the last 100 years of horror. 100 films to be explored, each one with the related themes, actors, and directors that made the last century of horror cinema so great. Travel the world from Germany to Scandinavia, Italy to France, North America and everywhere in between, with no stone left unturned. The zombies are locked up, the vampires are asleep, and the prowlers have slain their last group of campers for the night. So take the hand of the Phantom American Lester Reaper, as this is one time travel experience you won't want to miss. Okay, so back to discussing stupid fucking films and yep, none, uh, none more stupider than <laughs> the traveller. And as a traveller myself, this film was most definitely. Because <laughs> you got a bus here. <laughs> this film was most definitely a wasted journey. It's it's weird because when you're watching it, you're thinking there's going to be a fucking awesome yep. twist. There's Gonna be an awesome twist. Sorry, sorry, we're gonna spoil the shit out of this film because it's spoiled you don't itself. Want to watch it. it did spoil um, itself. All the way through the film. Right. Start off, synopsize. We're in a small town. Small town where you've got a big police station. Yep. Right next to it is a a motel. Mm-hmm. Which apparently has nobody in it. Uh, like no staff, nothing, because sure. the entire cast of this film consists of like uh, seven people. Yep. That's it. I mean, that's basically. okay, we can laugh with that. That's fine. Yep. You know, Pontypool's brilliant, it's got yep. a cast of three. three. Yep. But the fact that every time he shows you the building from the outside, you're like, this is not a police station in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Why, at no point in this film, do they ever, like, go, we should get some help, guys? Aye. So we start off, um, and it's a small town police station. 
a mysterious stranger walks in um, and declares that he wants to confess to some murders. Yep, he is He is a murderer. He, is he, a he walks in at 8.14pm. Yeah. Um, and they proceed to lock him up, um, start trying to question him, trying to find out what he's... What his, what his name what is, his, yeah. who, who he's killed. Mr. Nobody. Yeah, he's he's just a nobody. Yeah, so we get, um, as he begins to tell his confession, um, he tells his first confession, and after his confession is held, um, the... He, he doesn't say who he killed. Yeah, it's he a riddle, right? He describes how he killed yeah. a person, mm -hmm. and that's it. And mm -hmm. then they just kind of go, we'll put him in a cell. Mm -hmm. And then somebody dies. Yep. Yeah. And they die in a way that's uh, the uh, they the, die in the, the, the manner as the, which he as is described. described. Um, as the thing goes on, it's we, one of the cops. There's yeah, six. There's six cops, six cops that are there that night. And as the thing goes on, we discover that these uh, cops, these police officers rather, have um, have interrogated a drafter. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they they previously interrogated a a man eighteen months ago, I think it yeah. was. Um for the abduction and murder of all well, the 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 abduction yeah, of the, the, uh, one relating of the cops. to the disappearance of Detective Black's daughter. Yep, sure. And Which is a good little subplot. Yeah, when they keep cutting away to that you're going like like seriously this film has to turn around. Yep. This film has to uh -huh. What? But we'll get to that. Yeah, so each of the police officers dies in a manner that reflects their actions or their cowardice. Um, yeah. Or th whatever their action was and the. It's quite the biblical. Of, yeah. Um, and the role of. Um, uh, during the interrogation. So Because the man is severely beaten in the interrogation. It, it shows you slowly yeah. like the more intense ways yeah. that they start to interrogate him. And then the attitudes of these people, so and we, they're, they're dispatched, fitting the manner with which yep. they reacted. So I mean, so far that sounds like quite a good film, but it's, it's really, really not. It's not. It's, it's like... Who plays the Traveller? Oh, it's uh, Jim Morrison from The Doles. It is Val Kilmer doing his best ever Jim Morrison impression. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really bad. Because when they're in, when it keeps showing you the, can we just like spoil this bit just now? Yeah, when, you go. when they're showing you the interrogations of the, like the the hobo who mm -hmm. they say like you'd just been you'd been spotted in the park where she disappeared, you must know something. He's uh, he's looking like Val Kilmer as Jim Morrison, but yep. you never see his face. Yeah, you don't. But you're like, yeah, I've I've seen the doors. Mm -hmm. You know, and Val Kilmer's put on quite a bit of weight. Yeah, as well. He's he's got like quite a big face. Bless his heart. Yeah. So you can see that the person that they're interrogating's got quite a big face as well. Yeah. And oh, God, Val Kilmer does like a a good enough performance yeah. during all the the scenes where you're getting all this the stuff out yeah just and we find out and as, the film's as, just shit as the thing rumbles on we find out that this guy has been in a coma for the last 
18, 18 months. months and they've been checking up on him to make sure that he's okay um, well one of them has been yeah. the rest of the rest of them don't really care but one of them has had a twinge of guilt <laughs> so we get we get that um, that would be a good name for this film a twinge of guilt Val Kilmer is a twinge of guilt um, so yeah we it's it feels I don't know if you ever saw Fear itself um, it's like the kind of spin off from Masters of Horror when it changed to a different channel no it's slightly less budgets um but there was an episode uh, directed by i believe it was stuart gordon mm-hmm. um about uh, this small police station taking in this kind of mysterious uh this mysterious uh, murderer who yeah um and the whole the whole thing plays uh plays a somewhat and it's got a similar vibe to that um but obviously that that was uh, much better delivered, and I, I know yeah. a lot of people have got kind of quite negative views about uh, Fear itself. Um, but I, I particularly like that episode. But it doesn't really bother me as long yeah. as the story works overall. Yeah. I mean, it reminded me of that because everything happens within the police station. Yeah. Um, but I think this this failed where where that kind of because succeeded. you get car crashes outside. Yeah. You get people are outside quite regularly, yeah. but there's nobody else outside. Yeah. And they're right next to a motel. Yep. And you're just thinking, is there nobody else about? Seriously, uh-huh. there's a big car crash, but and nobody, uh-huh. nobody ever like, turns up. Going, what was that big massive bang? Yep. So I mean, for me, this this felt like that kind of thing. Like it could have been a one-off, hour-long yep. episode of one of those, and you would think it was acceptable. It was okay. You could probably do a decent enough edit of this if you cut it down uh-huh. to like you just describes four killings. And, yeah. And so that there's an hour and a half of this. Yeah. So, um, but it's good. I picked short films because you said, oh, I've not got much time. So I was like, well, I will pick films that are on Netflix and they're all in the supernatural horror section. Yep. You're a good soul, you and we And we did have like three films that we were going to do. And one of them we're not doing, so this is no longer Supernatural Horror Week. Yeah, sorry. I can't remember what this week's called. This week <laughs> is called... Called Something Stupid Like... Uh... Something Stupid This Week Comes. <laughs> or some kind of stoker pun. I think we can work on that. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, just a terrible... Well, not... It's not even good enough to say it's terrible because it's just it's it's, so it's a wasted opportunity. It's, just, it's middling and it is a wasted opportunity, and the ending in particular is just god awful. Because it's like even at the end, you're thinking, okay, we're gonna get something a nice twist here, or we're gonna have justification for all these killings, or because the hobo is brunette with curly hair. Yeah, Volkmar's character has got blonde straight hair, uh-huh. and it turns out they're meant to be the same guy. Yep. The hobo's got a big beard, Val Kilmer's uh-huh. clean shaven. But we're thinking that there's going to be this this message that um, perhaps that this is the violence that they brought upon themselves or yeah. this, is, this is retribution for the death of an innocent man. Um, but then they just totally... Because the film that we've waylaid uh-huh. in favour of doing Stoker uh-huh. is, uh, was The Prophecy. Right. And I was hoping that all the way through this film that it was going to be that he was like an avenging angel or something uh-huh. like that. That would at least have been satisfactory. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the fact that he's not, you know, it wouldn't even have tied into anything. Yep. 
So, yeah, we'll do the prophecy at some other point, because that's awesome. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so this, as I say, just, it just ended with, with just completely making the whole, making itself completely pointless yeah. at the end. The last five minutes of it just said, nah, it wasn't worth the journey at all. Yeah. And just totally was like, nah, that's it. So the twist was that there's no twist and it was just exactly <laughs> what it was and it was just rotten. Just shit. It was, yeah. It's, it's no, no good film, no, no particularly bad film, it's just... Just I nothing. watched it in the morning. I, yeah. I started watching it at like nine o'clock in the morning, uh-huh. and I was in a full mood for lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> Wasted an hour and a half of yeah. the morn on this. Yes. So Val Kilmer, you owe me a bottle of absinthe and an hour and a half. Yes, yes, and yes. So, um, should we take a break before we come back and discuss uh, a film that we heartless? A film that we probably hopefully will have enjoyed mm-hmm. yeah okay let's do that then okay do you like horror podcasts that are family friendly with boring hosts with bad opinions that like to perform circle jerks on each other every episode if you do you're in luck there are plenty of other podcasts and other network of podcasts out there that you can listen to but if you like to have fun and realize that the horror genre is based on this and you want to listen to entertaining hosts each and every show talk about not only popular horror movies but also foreign indie horror and rare obscure gems then look no further than horrorphilia.com and our horrorphilia network of podcasts we currently host nine radically different podcasts with many more to come i guarantee you we have something for every horror fan out there well unless you're one of these people that get easily offended don't like to try something new or just some type of pompous douchebag in that case we don't want you listening anyways for everyone else, come on down to Horophilia and prepare to have multiple eargasms each and every week. Horophilia, the sashimi of horror podcasting. Have you reco- just recorded over that? No. You sure? Yeah. It's not a tape. Okay. <laughs> it's digital, it's not a tape, okay. Grandpa. <laughs> no, we're back. Okay. We're back. We're back, Grandpa. Oh. <laughs> Did you okay? camera? Right. Have you just recorded over that? <laughs> yes. All of it. So we just lost shitloads of content. Oh, well. Nah. But you know. Nah. You, you didn't like any of my bits anyway. What were your bits again? I can't remember. Remind me of some of the hilarious moments. Oh, you were, co- you were cooking up your absinthe. <laughs> um, I've injected it now. We're also off. It's, it's quite a strange procedure. Things were on fire. It was... Uh, the sugar? Yeah. Yep. Burn the sugar. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. No, you want a wee no, no, I don't. I don't. Alcohol's not the answer. <laughs> if alcohol's not the answer, I do not care about the question. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so we were talking about uh, Eater. Um, the, just before the oh, break, yeah. we were talking about the Fury Itself episode that reminded me of the tone of... Um, the Traveller. The Traveller. Which um, turns out to have been called The Eater. Yeah, and it's called Eater, sorry. Um, and it's uh, directed by Stuart Gordon. It was a Fear Itself episode, and I quite liked it. As I was saying, it's kind of people have got some negative opinions about Fear Itself, but I rather liked it. Um, and then you discovered that it's based on a Channel 5? Yeah, based on a UK episode. Channel 5 episode uh, of Urban Gothic. Yep. 
So, quite interesting. I'm uh, trying to remember but didn't keep up with. Aye. Uh -huh. I can maybe try and find it for you though. Yeah, I've an idea, see how they compare. Um, Interesting, actually, you know how we were talking about the, the pilot episode of Freddy's Nightmares last uh -huh. week, which oh, yeah. dealt with uh -huh. the court case. Sure. I forgot to say that was directed by Tob Hooper. Was it really? Yep. Oh. So that, that really is the only one that's worth checking out, because it is Freddy's backstory. Right, and the rest of it doesn't... Have, the uh, the doesn't rest of it work. is like Tales from the Crypt thing. Sure. Which, uh, funnily enough, when Freddy's Nightmares got cancelled, the, the crew that worked on Freddy's Nightmares uh -huh. uh, went over to Tales from the Crypt. Oh, really? So they just kept making the exact same programme with a different yep. look, basically. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, we're also saying uh, before... You know, inter interview? Yeah, yeah, we're hoping to, in the next couple of weeks, to be uh, talking to Frank Delostrato, the writer of... Uh, uh, it's not a new book, it's a, a book that's been out for, a, I think it's in its third uh, edition just now. Um, Which means it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's either second or third edition. Um, it's called Vampire Over London, um, and it's about Bela Lugosi's time in the UK uh, touring the 1951, uh, well, sorry, the Dracula stage play in 1951. Which he did in Glasgow? Yeah, which was really interesting. He spent a week was that in Glasgow. The I, I haven't been able to find any more information. Rick Dobbing, um, uh, your house elf, in my house, house elf, elf, yes, uh, dressed dressed like wolves. Um, he is that his band? Yeah, yeah. Dressed like wolves. Yeah, that's, a, um, that's an awesome name. Yeah, so he is. Uh, he was mentioning that he he posted a ticket from one of the uh, one of the gigs in England or one of the. Productions that were one of the, the productions of the show that was in, in England, um, so quite interesting stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, so we're hoping to do an interview with him in the next coming next couple of weeks, um, just to, to go over things. Oh, yeah, cool. so that that would be that'd be quite cool because everybody likes Bella Lugosi. Yep. Everybody likes Glasgow. Let's talk about both at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think his information on the Glasgow side of the tour is limited. So it's going to be more just the the kind of UK based yeah. stuff. But really interesting. Um, but uh, well, I, was, I will read that book when you finish reading it. Yeah, and he was also one of the contributors. Frank Delstrato was also one of the contributors. Uh, contributors. Well, we, we should try and read that book before the interview. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's coming through the post just now. So that's as opposed to going, tell us about your book. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, can you just like start reading the first page? Yeah. Just keep going. He was one of the contributors to the uh, Hollywood Stark Prince uh, Bill Lugosi documentary yeah. uh, from nineteen ninety seven, which is probably the most well known uh, documentary about Lugosi's career. Is that on the copy of Dracula that you gave me? I don't think so. No, that's the David J. Scowl uh, one. Um, well, I haven't watched the documentaries on that yet. Yeah, it's good, good, good addition. Um, so, yeah. So we're gonna discuss Heartless. Yep. Yes. I I I really enjoyed Heartless. I'm not sure. Do you want to say so, Paul? Heartless is the the tale of a uh, a young man who has a a heart shaped birthmark on his face. And You've got a thing that says Easy Wider on the floor. Is that like poppers? 
No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's flavoured uh, cigarette papers, uh, right, but they're okay. not particularly well flavoured. Okay. To be honest, I was a bit disappointed. Sounds like a brand of rumour. Yeah, it's one of one of the few things that I've bought in Poundland and thought, I wish I could take this back. <laughs> it's not worth a pound. Yeah. I paid a pound for this, and it's rotten. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> yeah, anyway, he's got a, a heart-shaped birthmark on his face, and... Uh, then the film ends. <laughs> no, he uh, he ends up making a deal with the devil. Would you call it Faustian? It is quite Faustian. <laughs> it is. I I really like Faustian things yep. as my love of Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, completely and utterly shows. Sure, but uh, yeah, he makes a a deal with the the devil to to have his. Is a birthmark removed, and in payment, he has to he has to kill somebody, and that's that's kind of that's like the basic plot, mm-hmm. and then the stuff that happens. The murder's quite brutal. Murder. The, the murder. This entire film is brilliant. So let's let's just start from the the beginning yeah, sure. of the film. Yep. Which uh, you know, I watched these films so long ago because, like you being, being a uh, tardy, <laughs> we yeah. were meant to record on Friday. It's now Monday. Yeah, absolutely. And I watched absolutely. these ages ago. I know, I know. But uh, it also has uh, Noel Clark in it. Yep, who Some people know from adulthood and kidhood uh, and Doctor sure. Who and loads of stuff. He's yep. a really good writer and director. Quite a friendly guy. Once followed me on Twitter for a week. And then unfollowed you. Uh, I, I don't know if he ever did actually unfollow me. Right. Because uh, he added me to a list called, like, The Four. He did a thing where if people knew people that were interesting on Twitter, uh-huh. they could recommend that he followed them. Uh-huh. And somebody recommended that Noel Clark follow me. Right, okay. So he started following me. There you go. Uh, quite, uh, quite an interesting guy. I had a, Couple of nice conversations with him. Cool. But very busy guy as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he just seems to be always working. Sure. So maybe yeah. disparate characters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Opposites attract. Yeah. You can be like the odd couple. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy cop, <laughs> you and uh, no Clark. Yeah, that would be a great film. I would be. <laughs> He'd be out solving crimes. Yeah. I'd be going, I'll be there in a minute, I'm just completing Deus Ex. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I uh, I hadn't seen or read anything about this film when I picked it. Uh-huh. I, I just saw it and thought, oh, it's, it's set in London. Uh-huh. And we most of the films that we do aren't really set in the UK sure. at all. Sure. So I thought, oh, that'll be interesting. And I was pleasantly surprised by yeah, this. Yeah, it was, it was good. Though. Because uh, Timothy Spall plays uh-huh. his father in flashbacks and stuff. Uh-huh. They they run like a... I wasn't entirely sure. They run like a photographic company. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's like a photographic company that's been in the family yep. type thing. And mm-hmm. he works there. So it's himself and, uh, so it's, uh, and his brother. Jamie and his brother. Yeah. Uh, who run the, the, the uh, photographers. And he... Um, one of the kind of more interesting scenes is uh, Jamie and the uh, 
the developing room. What's the what's the name for that? The uh, dark room. Dark room, right? Because and it's red. Yeah, and it's so red. You can't so, see so that his works really work. well. So that was and great. That's that's really good. So it was really nice how he was most natural and uh, yeah, and that, Feel, and that was, feels comfortable yeah. in a room where all of them is the uh -huh. same color as his. Butler. So that was great. That was that was a really nice move. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really. Uh, we start off and we've we've got this. Uh, relationship between the two brothers quite close, um, but as we there's a nephew. Yeah, and there's there's a nephew as well who's who's seems like he's getting into a bit of trouble, and there's just yeah. wee hints here and there that there's something more going on, um, and as Jamie, uh, Jamie follows some local, uh, local kind of thug and a hoodie yeah. to try and take. Take pictures. He's taking pictures, and he's yeah, he, drawn he wants, by the same. He likes to try and screen. take naturalistic yeah. pictures sure. of things that interest them. And sure. Follows a follows a wee thuggish guy. Yep. Um, and they also, there's also this kind of demonic scream happening at the same yeah. time, and he's trying Which to kind of attracts him, and he's going like, yeah, what, this? "What the hell is this going on?" Yeah. And it's it's a uh, essentially like kind of demons up a yeah. lane. Uh -huh. Setting fire to somebody, yep. which totally disturbs him, and he runs home, and he's all freaked out. And then he's watching on the news, like bits and pieces of the coverage of it, because he's observed the whole thing. Yep. There's a guy on the news being interviewed, saying, "Oh, they were wearing masks." And then next to him, there's a, a young Asian girl going, "Oh, they weren't masks." Uh -huh. And then uh, Jamie starts getting a bit freaked out yep. about all this and then receives a phone call yep. saying come to this place mm -hmm. where he he goes to a high-rise block mm -hmm. and kind of gets directions just randomly text to him on his phone. I think phone. his mother dies first. Yeah, yeah. oh his, his mother gets killed as yeah. well. I skipped past that bit yep. because cause he's out with his mother sure. and the the kind of demonic things attack them, but he's sure. left, and then he gets the phone call. Yeah, Sorry. sure, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. That's, but uh, it's by the by almost. It was yeah. Like, <laughs> so then he he kind of gets invited to meet the head honcho, as you would you would call it, and that's a really really good scene. Uh huh. I was like up until that, I was going like, yeah, this film's okay, but that scene with the the guy that's that's kind of like the devil, mm -hmm. the guy that plays that that part, he's really good, like, you wouldn't normally think, oh yeah, a kind of Cockney-esque scene, uh -huh. yep. you wouldn't think that it worked would be really well actually, yeah, I mean, he, he played it very, very natural, yeah, and it's very straight, and it, um, yeah, and the entire flat they're in looks like it's been firebombed, yep, sure, um, so we get this, um, this kind of, Cockney, uh, Cockney Satan, drug lord type Satan yeah. character. He's, I don't remember if he's topless, but he's got kind of straggly hair and he just yeah, looks topless. Yeah, quite a bit of it. Sure, he's, he's got quite a disfigured yep. bump type arm and everything. Sure. And he's accompanied by this little Asian girl. By the little Asian girl that that you don't notice at the time, but was the one that was on the news. Yeah, I didn't. That's... I did actually notice that, but yeah, I, I didn't notice. It's one that of the kind of things that you could you could miss. Yeah. Could easily mess. Um, but yeah, 
Uh, and he go, proceeds to uh, be offered a deal um, yeah. to remove his birthmark uh, in exchange for some random chaos. And the chaos that's described as basically graffiti yep. type stuff. Yep. Yeah, you know, just, God just... is a massive wanker or something like that. Yeah. And uh, he has to seal the deal um, by setting himself on fire or being yeah with a yeah. Molotov cocktail um, immolation yeah that's that's a really really that's a fucked up scene yeah it really like, is just like yeah you have to set yourself on fire and he's he's just burning and then instead of it for a little while yeah yeah instead of it being uh he then has to wait until he is all healed and everything uh-huh. he he feels the the burnt skin yep. and starts to peel it off yep. like because the little girl is like kind of it's like a kind of angel and devil sitting on his yep. shoulder and um, both have got the same they've both got the the, the same sh- end yeah <laughs> so yeah it's as far as they're both concerned he's he's there to set yep. fire to himself yep and they both want the same thing or uh, yeah so it's yeah, very interesting. Um, and then she attaches herself to him. Basically, mm-hmm. she she kind of she starts hanging out with him all the time and calling him dad. Yeah, and he likes that because yeah, because he's never he's had so, any he's never sort had of that, and he's he's, he's, he's always felt kind of distant from everybody. Yeah. He seems like quite a fragile guy, and the fact that he just accepts that yeah. kind of says a lot about the character of Jamie and kind of brings you in a wee bit. Um, the actor. I was never sure how to take take him at times because at, at times I, I, I didn't really identify didn't really with it, it much. too much. Yeah. Um, he was good, don't get me wrong. I think I identified more with the character than the actor. Yeah, sure, I think sure. that was easier because to I, do. Yeah, I knew what his motivations were, but in terms of the, the actor himself, it just it, the spark wasn't there that, that really sold it to me. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't believe yeah. that he actually felt mm-hmm. that kind of sidelined by society yep. whereas because the whereas that those kind of things help to to uh to add depth to the character the fact that he would just accept that this wee girl was calling him dad and that she had yep. just moved in um maybe if they'd used an uglier actor i think maybe if they used a because i think that the actor he he dresses quite uh-huh like he's up on fashion yep. and everything and I he, think you're right. I he think dresses right. quite kind of trendy and all that and it's not that for me doesn't say like I feel alienated yep. from everything because like when you're just walking about dressed the same as everybody else yeah and part of this as well part of what annoyed me about this was it's like loads of people have got port wine birthmarks and it's not a big deal and most people I but this film portrays him as being, being really abused yeah i know but i just don't imagine like people going oh you're a freak and calling him the elephant man but i just don't whereas think the elephant happen. man didn't have a port yeah. wine stain you know it's i don't think there would be just as much uh, i can understand like you're, you're trying to convey this idea in a short short period of time um and obviously the heart it's, it's a cool image and it works really well for the film. It's, yeah, it's it good thematically. Um, but that's only really introduced through his uh, next door neighbour as yep. well when he meets a new neighbour uh-huh. who is uh, Noel Clark, yep. who doesn't uh, doesn't treat him any differently yep. because 
I think I just, maybe maybe the way that the character of Jamie is portrayed doesn't really play this as well as the, the script intended. Uh-huh. But Jamie is kind of running away from having this birthmark that he sees as being something that ostracizes yep. him. Yep. And the next door neighbour, played by Noel Clark, has like run with gangs in the past right and stuff like that and that's something that he's been trying to run away from has he and the, yeah because ah, right. okay. he's saying to him oh, i had a bit of bother in the past right right because i missed everything. that and i was actually going to say that I, I felt that some of the dialogue felt like they were trying to sure hone in bits of gang culture that weren't necessarily in no, the no the, part character but that's really interesting the, that that was there. just like that one there's uh, just like one line where he's saying yeah because uh, I, I missed that and like, it was like made mistakes when I was yeah. young because I was thinking like why would a, this educated guy be calling people blood and things like that um, yeah. but I obviously missed that he had previously been involved with yeah and that's, and, and that's pretty much during their, their first decent sure. conversation okay well, that so, makes sense. So I think that, that maybe that what you miss out on mm-hmm. in this film through the guy that plays Jamie is the the Noel Clark character is recognising that the similarity that the two of them have is that both of them have things they want to get away from. Sure. So that's that's something that sadly didn't work the way it was supposed to. Sure. But you know if you. <laughs> If you watch it now and put my interpretation on it, then maybe it will. That's you don't know. That's it. We're here to fix films for you, yeah. boys and girls. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the he's uh, he's told by the the devil that his payback will be from a guy called the was it the weapons man? That I absolutely loved. I loved yeah, that scene the, so much because it was so well. But the little girl says to him, oh, uh-huh. it could be 70 years. Uh-huh. So he thinks, well, yeah, this is a good gamble. Uh-huh. You know, if it could yep. be up to 70 years away, you know, to like not to not feel different, mm-hmm. but still have the opportunity to not have to pay anything back for 70 years, that's fine. Yep. But when the weapons man turns up like the next day, yep. he's going, what? Oh, I know your time is now. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just scheduling, basically. Yep. And the weapons man is perfect because he's it's it's a bit kind of cliched, but it works really well. The fact that halfway through their conversation, conversation, he gets like a phone call from like the nagging wife, uh-huh. and you're like, wait, wait, this guy's meant to be like somebody who's really, really terrifying, yep. and he's going, oh. yeah. see, see her, always phone. That was great. It was like kind of. Uh, insurance agent or yeah. something like that, and it was. Uh, he's just there to do his job. Yep. You know that's all he does. Uh-huh. Just like, oh yeah, I'm here. It's your time. Pick your weapon. But then when he got to it, it worked. Like with the like the divining rod to find a weapon. At the same time, you didn't believe you, there was wasn't there a point where you felt that it was after having that character being set up as this kind of goofy kind of insurance agent type character, Jobsworth. When he then starts to to have mystical elements added to that, yeah, it never felt fake. It just felt legit. It just felt like and yeah, was, that, <laughs> that is part of his job. He does it. You know, and he if, takes it seriously. If but, you had mystical elements and you're wandering about in London, wouldn't wouldn't you try and just kind of fit in? And if you wanted to try and fit in, wouldn't you just be 
adopting the appearance of a golf think, I don't think he's adopting it. I just think he's that no, typical that, kind of him. British lazy. <laughs> Does exact does his job diligently, but nothing more than that. I don't know. I I, I think that he might even be like thousands of years old. Yeah, and he, I really dug that. He I just kind he adopts whatever character. He's he's he is just like a a basic kind of lower middle class yeah. aspiring type yeah. guy. But at the same time, he's this mystical demonic thing that goes round and says. Your job is yeah. you've got to kill this guy uh-huh. and you've got to cut his still beating heart out and then leave it on a church doorstep before midnight. Yeah. For me, was, like, wait a minute. For me, I kind of imagined that he had, like, they'd asked, the devil had asked him if he wanted to do a deal and he was just like, oh, alright. And that was it. And he's now the weapons man. He's like, well, he can be the weapons man if. Uh, you, you can get out of this by being the weapons man. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of like the idea of uh, maybe the the entire Satan and his minions thing being like a an office. Yeah, where, absolutely. Like you've you've got the the big imposing character at the top, and everybody else is just there to do the daily yeah. grind and get home so yeah no, it was good the fun. TV. definitely worth a watch um, yeah, we, we shouldn't say yeah, like, what I else happened we, we don't want to really spoil it because I think that people should check it out yeah it's so that, I think it is well worth checking out we've only talked about maybe the first 40 minutes of yeah. this film and there's a lot more to it there's there, more layers to there it there is a lot to it um, yeah definitely uh, recommend it it's a good, good watch it's quite long it's an hour and 55 minutes yeah. So it's a it's a longer one than, than we're in the habit of watching, but it doesn't really doesn't drag. But it just kinda stuck out when I was flicking through yeah, the Netflix. It, it worked thing. worked really well. Unbeknownst yeah. to me you would have internet problems and not be able to watch it. Yeah, mental Netflix. Intentionally broke. picking Netflix so yeah. that you could watch just it. Just typical on top. Yeah. There we go. Okie doke, well, we'll have a wee break and then And then come back and talk about fucking awesomeness. This is Jamie from Devour the Podcast. Do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty? Oh my god, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie so hard. Oh my goodness, you know, I, halfway through this movie I was just like, let's get this thing going. Fuck this movie. Okay. <laughs> Humor and an obvious passion for the genre. Like I'm good, baby. I'll kick him in the face. I like the cut of your jib. The what? ceiling, Grandma. Don't make me get out the broom. Oh, your tears are like wine. They used to call that the vapors. Cupcakes are kind of the Schindler's list of desserts. It's it's a, a pure good. I love the idea of up-and-coming horror directors taking on the found footage genre. I really, really like that idea. And that's really the worst thing you can commit as far as filmmaking is concerned, is making a film that's just average. Well, that doesn't really inspire any kind of exactly. discussion, whether it's, you know, to rip it apart or, or praise it. Then you should spend time with David and me. And Bo. As we discuss horror films from old classics. Deep Red. Empire of the Ants. Lisa and the Devil. The Baby. The Toxic Avenger. To new favorites. Absentia. Cabin in the Woods. The Loved Ones. Shadow of Death. VHS. The Woman. Check us out on iTunes or at devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horrorphilia Podcasting Network. Fucking emo. Okay. Your, your new song is emo. Yes. Is it? Is it? It's dead emo core. Um, what happens when you love your own, doesn't it? You just start writing all this emo shit. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're massive.
That's it. That's the. Uh, I don't mean like in musical terms. I just mean like you. You buy cheaper food. Yes. <laughs> you don't. You don't look at the calories. Thanks, See, girl. you understand calories. I'm not saying you're massive. I'm saying like you must <laughs> be massive living on your own. You haven't even told people what you're doing later on in the year. What am I doing later on in the year? Oh, in October and November, I am going to. Oh, so I thought it was August. I've been pushed back. I'm going to New York. Well, you're going to New York State. New York State. You're going and to New Al- York Albany. And New York City. <laughs> and then you're going to fucking stalk Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah, they're New Jersey, so. Um, yeah, so. Uh, you have a grant to go and study homelessness. Yes. So there we go. That, is that not ironic? What? Shouldn't they just give you a ticket? <laughs> is that not make it easier? <laughs> Do you want to study homelessness in New York? <laughs> no no accommodation. Just uh, Here's a sleeping bag with some pants in it. Absolutely. absolutely. See, that's a callback to the discussion that we had. Yeah, we don't want to go there. Um, well, because you slept in the sleeping bag in my house. With your breeks in it. <laughs> and then found that it was pants in the bottom of it. Yeah. Well, there would be boxers. Aye. If it was pants, it wasn't mine. <sighs> anyway. But they would have been from a festival. I th- can we get this disturbing woman off the TV screen? That's <laughs> comic relief. That's how funny comic relief was. It looks, it looks <laughs> hilarious. It was really, really hilarious. Heart-wrenching. Yeah. Oh, well. There we go. Yeah. You shut up, slagging comic relief, or I'll get you a red nose. Oh, genius. See, I've got two in front of my telly. So you have. Yeah. So Stoker. Um, yeah, uh, Park Chan-wook. Yeah. It's a, a psychosexual thriller, much like myself. Oh. <laughs> it's a fucking glorious, beautiful, beautiful film. Yeah. You know, I think I kind of ranted about it a wee bit last week, but I don't remember because I haven't listened to last week's one. Mm-hmm. You ranted about it? Like, just about how awesome it was. I don't think you'd seen it last week, had you? Yeah, yeah, I went to see it. The time we recorded before we recorded it, Oh, really? Oh, so there we go. So it would have been at the start. Yeah. The, what have you seen? Yeah. Stoker. Gorgeous. Yeah, it is. It's an absolutely what, uh, beautiful film. Um, uh, so you do sometimes listen to me. Because you went, I'll go and see Stoker. No, we were planning to go and see Stoker. Oh. Uh, so, that's that. Yes. But yeah, uh, would you like to summarise? No, uh, no, no, not at all. Why, why not? Because it's... Why have you just like started pussying out on the But you're really good at this not. I'm not. I'm incredibly good at it. We start off pretty much <laughs> just with a, like... You can't tell the whole story. A, a funeral. Was. Yeah, okay. The, the funeral of uh, Mr Stoker. Yes. Which is attended by his... His wife and his daughter. Would you like to say what their names are? India. India's the daughter. And Mum. <laughs> Mum. Is the wife. Mum Stoker. Yeah, I can't remember what... Uh, Played by Emma was. Thompson from Four Weddings and a Funeral. No, it's uh, Nicole Kidman from BMX Bandits. <laughs> Played by Nicole Kidman from the BMX Bandits and the Glasgow Power Pop Band. yeah. She wasn't allowed into Teenage Fan Club. <laughs> you know, too, too old. Brendan too said too old. only one ginger in this band. That's it. They've got a strict policy. Yeah. Yeah. As most bands should. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's it. 
you know, you get two gingers, the fans just get confused. Yes. So nobody likes a red-headed stepchild. <laughs> I'm sure I've heard that before. <laughs> and I can't think where it's from. Yeah, to be slapped like a red-headed stepchild is an expression. Is that one you is it? Yeah. Is that an expression in common? <laughs> no, it's an expression. That is an expression. Is it? Yeah. Never Never heard heard that, to treat somebody worse than a redheaded stepchild. I think gingers are lovely. I know. I'm the same. Well, yeah. I'm with you, brother. Amy Pond. I know. The fuck? I'm a Nicole Kidman. I'm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, um, apart from <laughs> that, apart, apart from that little glimpse into what we think about at night on our own. Uh, yeah, there's a, a funeral and uh, India observes uh, a man who is standing away from the funeral, just observing, and then walks away. And that turns out to be Uncle Charlie, yeah. her father's brother, who she had no knowledge of at all. And then the rest of the film deals with Uncle Charlie coming to live with India mm -hmm. and her mother and uh, the effect that, yep. that that has upon them. Yep. It's a... Uh, what a film. Yeah, so I mean the whole thing is just... The, the, the whole thing, it's, it's not really a horror film. It's... It kind of is. It's our kind of yeah. broad definition of a horror film, I would say, that it's, it's still within what we... Uh, what we would... People die, it? Yeah. It exactly. starts with a funeral. Exactly. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, we... Old Boy's not technically a horror film, but we're going to cover that at some point. Do you know what's Which about, also part For us, it's all about the body motherfucking count. <laughs> the body count in this is... Two. <laughs> two three. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Fucking big body I count. I know, I know. Um, you know, if it was all about the body count, we'd be covering United 93 every fucking week. <laughs> Schindler's List. Oh man, come on. <laughs> Sorry. You can't, you couldn't oh. put that out there. I'm drinking absinthe. It's got Kill. wormwood in it. Get a watch. Yeah, there's a You're with a watch. <laughs> That's why we don't do this in video. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it kind of is that is not getting cut. It's by kind of close to kind of mystery thriller type type thing as much as anything. And so I, I think you were right when you said psychosexual. Uh huh. Um, it is very sexual tension throughout. It's just fit to. It's like I, I was to over. Ah, right. But I mean, there's a scene, particularly the piano scene, which is astonishingly, um, it's it's very very. Uh, there's there's great tension, and it's it's really I really well I asked Clint Mansell if he wanted to come on the podcast. I didn't get a response. <laughs> yeah, I because I really wanted to ask him if the the music because he uh, composed the soundtrack for this, and well, That's anybody quite... anybody that listens to this will go. Out, Oh, Clint Mansell, he was in Potlies itself, Gil's a big Potlies itself fan. Obviously, he's going to have probably seen every film Clint Mansell's done a soundtrack for. Did he do a soundtrack for this? Yeah. The whole thing? Yep. Wow. The the score is uh, Clint Mansell from Potlies itself. That's incredible. 
he also did Requiem for a Dream. Wow, fantastic. Well, this uh, is... No, see, that's the thing, like, when you're a Poppies fan, you think everybody knows this shit. You're like, yeah, everybody knows that Clint Mansell did, like, the soundtrack, like, some of the soundtrack for Pie. Uh-huh. And, uh, the soundtrack to The Wrestler. Uh-huh. And, Sorry for being lazy, but as quite similar to, to Requiem for a Dream in many respects as well. It's good. No, this is mostly piano and, No, I mean in tone. Also, the, Moon did the soundtrack yeah. to Moon, which Sorry, I was I mean thinking the, we should cover. I was meaning the movie itself has got quite a similar tone to Requiem for a Dream, mm-hmm. and it also reminded me in terms of... Kind like, of iso- isolation, sure. despite the, the fact that you see these people out and about, sure. there's still this... Uh, they're not quite connected yep. to everybody else type thing. Uh-huh. And it also reminded me of Chinatown as well. Um, Which you only went to see in the cinema and only recently seen. Yeah, um, and it reminded me of that kind of, that tone, the kind of noirish feel to it. I also felt this is a kind of early 90s, late 80s vibe running all the way through um, and the presentation of the characters. But that also helps to increase the isolation type thing. Yeah, it definitely does. But you... In Stoker, you, you've really got no idea when it's set, apart from the fact that it's mobile, mobile phones. Sure. That's... Sure. That's a... I thought that was quite an interesting aspect of this mm-hmm. novel, is that... Could really be any time. It, it could have been any time, but then as soon as you see modern mobile phones, you're going, oh, wait, it's, it is meant to be now. Sure. You know, maybe in 20 or 30 years' time, people are going to be thinking, oh, that was the fashion that mm-hmm. people were wearing when... Yep. Those mobile phones were about, but no, that is not the case. This yeah. film is is definitely a film all about people that have differing levels of disconnect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you've got the it's it's put quite plainly that the mother and father didn't have a massively good relationship. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of his life, uh-huh, and they, sure. they were kind of like the the couple who had slightly drifted apart but stayed sure. together, and mm-hmm. that maybe that had also been the thing that that coloured India's view of the world, yeah. where she doesn't really feel that she's entirely connected and she's a bit distant, yeah. and the fact that they live out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and there's yeah again that's like the entire family are disconnected sure. from everything so. Yeah, this uh, this film's it's quite heavy uh, it's very to watch. Heavy, it's yeah. but it's it's when it gets to the end, you just go, oh my fucking god, yeah. I loved that. And it's every minute. The thing is, as well, we we a lot of films like this, you kind of expect a ambiguous ending, or for it to be clear. There's no ambiguous no, ending. There's no ambiguity whatsoever. No. Um, and it, that's that's great because and it's quite a satisfying conclusion as well. And um, well, I I don't know if you've seen all of the the Vengeance trilogy, which is a uh, part yes yes part I Chan have Luke's, yes Park Chan Wook's yes. film Sympathy for Mister Vengeance, yes. Lady Vengeance, yes. and Old Boy. Yes, I've seen all all of the Vengeance trilogy. Yeah, they're yes. they're. They're all. Uh, this is this is quite similar to uh-huh. to those films in the the way that you haven't seen. I've seen them. none of those films. You've not seen Old Boy. No. Fuck's sake! You are in for a treat. I'm in for a treat, am You're in for a massive treat. There you go. Seriously, Old Boy is like you know, you know how you have a you have a disconnect from your uh, your parents' taste in films. Uh-huh. 
just through generational things. But every once in a while there's a film where you watch it and you go, this is the sort of thing that one of my parents would definitely really like. Uh-huh. I, uh... So you taking your mum to see Tokyo Gore Police? <laughs> I didn't take... I took her to see Brave. Yeah, I know. I no, what was the one that you... You take your mum to see some... Total Recall or something? I took her to see Total Recall. I, also, I took her to see Train Spotting when it there first came out as well. Because when I bought the soundtrack, I got a two-for-one ticket thing. And, a two-for? Yep. And uh, me being the social butterfly that I am. I <laughs> 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 my mum. And she loved it. Uh-huh. So, yeah, but... I recommended. It's really funny because I took your mum and she loved it as well. Yeah, <laughs> well, she said that she told you that. <laughs> but that's... You know, she does refer to that town as come not <laughs> now. So... Oh, oh dear me. Every go. week it's just, I'm just expecting this massive asthma attack. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what better way to go than than, <laughs> than in front of our loyal customer base, <laughs> listener base? I don't even think they're that fucking loyal. <laughs> you know, you remember we we've got access to the numbers. <laughs> we know what you do. Oh, there we go. Oh, is that you get a phone call? Yes, I know. How unprofessional! I know, and you're here. So put, who could it be? Put them on speaker. That makes no sense. You've only got one number on your phone. Go on, it's go mom on. and dad, I can't even answer this. Say hello, I'll be nice. Oh. Don't, don't, hang, don't hang up on them. Hello? Oh. Ross is running away and speaking oh, to his dad oh, on the thing. <laughs> I'll let you in on a little secret. Ross really is a lovely, lovely man. To the point where when he ends phone calls with everybody, he, he does say, love you, before hanging up. And it's not in a sarcastic way. But, uh, that is, I, I think the, based on him, based on hearing the phone call from the hall, his dad was offering to go on speakerphone. So uh, now, now that you're back, was your dad offering to go on speakerphone? My now? dad was offering to go on speakerphone. And you said no? Uh, That's I know. I really wanted to speak to your dad and ask him how much it would be for a 170 centimetre coffin. Yeah. Can you, can you get double coffins? Can they make them wider? <laughs> well, I'm going to make them wider for like right. black people. Let's move on, I think. No, I mean, like for a big bed. Kill. Okay, right. <laughs> back, back to Stoker. You'd, everybody would go, oh, there's that phone, I guess. Just like, I'm don't... quite cheery. How can you are quite you... cheery. I was just. Don't worry, you'll get to hear what I said to people when you listen back to the podcast. It was all very nice, don't you? Sure it was. But, uh, sure it was. Yeah, Stoker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stoker? I barely know her. <laughs> it's, it's really weird because I was thinking, oh, I'm really looking forward to talking about Stoker. Now I'm going, like, I don't want to say anything about Stoker because it's... It's so beautiful that it spoils it. But uh, Park Chan Wook uh, used his his regular cinematographer mm-hmm. on this as well. So anybody that that is familiar with his Korean output, mm-hmm. which is is always really nice, just 
beautifully shot, nicely framed. This is this is just like that. You know, it's not like like as we've mentioned before, John Woo went to America and he did Hard Target with Jean Claude Van Damme. Mm -hmm. It looks fuck all like a John Woo film sure. and doesn't feel like a John Woo film. And then you get Face Off, which is a bit more John Woo. Uh huh. Everything about this film is Park Chan Wook. Sure, right. It's, okay. It's just. So it's very. It's very like his style. Yeah. Right. It's just okay. that they're all speaking English. Uh huh. So you know, that's it's, it's a part, right? It's a Park Chan Wook film that right. doesn't require subtitles. Uh huh. That's. That's. So this brilliant. is his first English speaking. Well, picture? it's it's his. It's his first. There's uh, there are bits of English in uh, some of his other films. But that's his first, like first right. full on. Uh huh. Sure. Thing. It's, it's his first big American thing. So mm -hmm. it is. You know, I I was really excited when I saw because I watched the trailer for this ages ago and I was like, so it's part Chanwook and a soundtrack by Clint Mansell. You know, these are both signs of quality yeah. in my world. <laughs> that was exceptionally good. It, it was very, very good indeed. Um, so, yeah. Retreat. Retreat. It is definitely a retreat. I think everybody should go and see it. I don't even... I think it's another film that came out in the UK before America. Right, right. I mean, that's, like, compared to the rest of the stuff that we're in the habit of doing, this is the kind of... This is a steak compared to the... Yeah, the this like, can you imagine if we got this as a screener? I know. Oh, we we would just be... I think this is a great movie to see in the cinema, though. And, and yeah, yeah full, full high I think you, you have to see this in the cinema because... the can, Particularly yeah. for the cinematography. Yeah. I mean, the, this is the sort of film that you expect to see in I mean, the Oscar nominations. As much as you say, as much as you said that it was very, it was very insular, insular, but it's, it's huge. It's, it's the characters yeah. are insular and the settings are insular, but everything like is just such production. a big grand scale. Yeah, really. Definitely. And the tracking shots. Yep. I mean, we haven't even mentioned the tracking shots. There's a tracking shot through the through the father's wake. Uh -huh. When India walks from, like the hallway, to one wing of the house uh -huh. and then out a door. And then the camera pans back uh -huh. across the, the wake, uh -huh. and India is going past the the windows outside, uh -huh. and then back in because she's trying to avoid. Oh, that's, really, that's great as well. That's, that's and that is that's just really good. beautiful. You know, that's like the like the tracking shot in Tenebrae, uh -huh. which at the time I think it was the longest ever sure. tracking shot that had she's ever been such done. A good Good character as well. Um, yeah, because it's she's uh, meant to be like a depressed teen and everything, but it's not. She's not Daria. Yep. You know sure. what I mean? It's like she has enough of her own character that that you're like, yeah, it's not that she's just maudlin and gothy. Uh -huh. Sure. You know, they they don't have a scene where she's sitting in her bedroom listening to fucking Paramore. Yeah. Or something it's, like it's that. Just, it's just. I think it kind of quite. Quite nicely, kind of, uh, quite n nicely catches this is a girl, turning eighteen, becoming a woman, going from being a child to being an adult, and yeah. that whole kind of awakening, awakening as a person film. and awakening sexually and things like that yeah. is really interesting, and it's it's done, it's handled really tastefully, it's it's really interesting and really 
well done. And um, how much of a part does the death of the father play in that? Yeah, well, as that's well. that as well. I mean, it's, it happens on her 18th birthday. It's yeah. Obviously, there's there's thematic re- there's there's reasons beyond the thematic for that, but um, it's yeah, it's got it's it's great from the, the thematic point of view as well. Um, and she's distant from her mother, as you say, disconnected from from the relationship with her mother. And you never really see what what her relationship with her father was properly like because any flashbacks are mostly silent yep. between them as well, which <laughs> is it's not really a spoiler because sure. the thing that she and her father basically had was they they would go hunting. Hunt. Yeah. So he had taught her you But they seem to be great as well. They they are fantastic. Beautiful, yeah. beautifully shot scenes. So I think this is one that one for Blu ray, really, if I mean yeah. in terms of uh, this um, is just sort of a film where you want a bigger telly. Yeah, the ones <laughs> you just you can want IMAX. Blu-rays I've bought so far have been discounting Iron Sky. You, it's ones that you've bought because when you've seen it in the cinema, you thought huge I, I need to like yeah. just get like like Prometheus, Prometheus and stuff like Avengers, that. and I think this is one yeah. that I almost certainly buy on Blu-ray because it's it just feels beautiful and it looks it looks yeah. amazing. And uh, of course, uh, American Mary. Which you have bought uh, in Blu-ray. Which I have bought Blu-ray. You bought, bought DVD. DVD, yeah. And you should probably send a congratulations to your friend and... Uh, mentor. Mentor, yeah. I think, that's, I think that's the word. I think that's that's fair. Sylvia Soska. Yeah. Oh, we should actually... We should uh, tag them in a picture. Yeah, we with should. With the competition prizes. Who will get the American Mary DVD? Who indeed? Because we don't even know. Because they're all going. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. So yeah. I'm just being Toya. Yep. Should we end with the Toya? I think we'll we stick, definitely should. We'll stick Toya on the end. Uh-huh. You know, nobody pays attention to this show enough that we'd get sued for copyright. <laughs> Kim fair, Wilde, fair use. Kim Wilde brought out an uh, uh, No, sorry, it wasn't Toya. It was Kim Wilde that played the classic brand. Toya played here oh, no, recently. It was. No, Toya it was Toya. It was, but it was at the same time as Kim Wilde brought out a new album, and Kim Wilde did a cover version of It's Alright by uh, East 17. Did you see her steaming on the subway at Christmas? It was magic. She was, she, <laughs> I wasn't made aware that no, it was like, great. Kim Wilde like, was just going uh, no, about it was the great. She was travelling home for a party. And somebody recognised him. He's so airshow. And And somebody had a guitar, and she just decided to sing uh, an impromptu version of Kids in America um, for this this uh, train full of people. What song did she say? Kids in America. Sorry. Whoa. Everybody listen to the music go around. Nah, 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 nah. Hey. Right. <laughs> right, that's enough. I'm keeping you in a short leash. <laughs> that's just because you want me close to you. <laughs> anyway. Bring in the comeback. Yeah. I got called that earlier on. Did you? I think it was sarcastic. That's only because you keep mentioning comebacks and that is it. Callbacks. Callbacks, comebacks. Callbacks and comebacks. <laughs> That'll be the name of my autobiography. <laughs> Actually, no, I think it'll be called Just Call Me and Come On My Back. So I think that's a beautiful point for us to wrap up the show. Um, why didn't we have your dad on? I wonder why. Um, 
Guys, uh, thank you very Have much you for listening. Have you ever wondered if the again? person was actually dead? <laughs> Do you ever just get worried and poke them? So prod, prod them. That'll do one of those stares. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was actually a smiley one. Right. Because you were going, oh, I did like that. Okay. So, um, just remains for us to thank. You want to hear something awesome? No. Fine. Right, what is it? Come on. No, it's too late now. No, come on, you need to tell no. the boys and girls at home. No, it was because of fart. <laughs> You're a disgrace. <laughs> and then when you said no, it went back in. Uh-huh. Depressed. Okay. <laughs> just remains for us to thank you very much for listening. Um, we'd like to thank our, our. Thank you for your patience. Uh, thanks for for your understanding. Um, I deserve some kind of fucking medal. Um, <laughs> That's <a> chocolate watch. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so. Thank you to once again to our pod pals as always uh, to the podcast uh, Night the Loving podcast um, Jason at Horrorphilia.com Jason, yeah so who we always keep forgetting to yeah. mention yeah we're really sorry Jason we love you if you come over to Scotland we will dry hump you in an alley <laughs> you can pick the alley <laughs> so um, <laughs> don't say McCoy's <laughs> yeah, you've got to pick a good alley Um so this week we'll uh, be speaking to Robin Ince, um, so make sure that you tune in for that, it's going to be a really good episode, um, and we'll be discussing, hopefully we'll be discussing Maniac as well, um, if we get a chance to go to the pictures to see that. <laughs> to go to the pictures. Go to the cinema to see that, rather. Um, yeah, that is a really Scottish phrase, it? go yeah. to the pictures. So, thank you very much indeed for listening, you can contact us at Bodacious Horror on Twitter, or Gilroy Katanska on Twitter. Um, and uh, horror at gmail.com yeah uh, also if you leave a uh, review for us on iTunes we'll read it out on the show have um, we had one this week? I don't think so no, no I don't I think checked. so um, but if you get a chance it helps us greatly and keeps iTunes happy it feeds the beast and helps people find the show um, so thank you because very much. Apparently, if you, if you don't get an iTunes review at least every six months, then the zombie Steve Jobs comes back in the taxi. <laughs> so that's the beast that we need to feed. Um, so thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you all next week. Well, Saturday. <laughs> Just this week. Don't make any promises. Yeah.